The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate available only on the next generation GMC Sierra, to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing, go professional grade. During GMC's truck month, qualified buyers can get 0% APR financing on most 2019 GMC Sierra and Canyon models. Truck month, like a pro, GMC. Excludes Sierra 1500 AT4 and Denali models and Canyon SL models. Length of contract limited. Some customers will not qualify. Not available with some other offers. Take retail delivery by 531.19. See dealer for details. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. Welcome into this edition of Tour Coach. This is a sit-down I had right after the U.S. Open with Luke Guthrie and uh, one of my guys. And Luke has played some amazing golf over the last few months. His journey and our work together over the last couple of years has been awesome to watch him get back to what I think he's going to be a really, really good player and back to being competitive and I think ultimately win on the PGA Tour. And it's been a fun process of helping him rediscover himself, rediscover why he was good, help him understand why he was so good and understand that he doesn't have to be somebody that he's not to be a great player. And I think you're going to hear also, you've heard him before, there is not a nicer guy to work with, not a better person to work with, and getting to know him and his wife, Caitlin, who is a saint and has been so, so great to watch them. And now they're expecting their first child in the fall. So, so many great things happening to such a great guy, and it's an awesome experience to work with him. I've learned a lot from him, from working with him, and it's been fun to watch this journey. And I think you are going, if you've loved and liked these other podcasts, I think you're going to really like getting an inside look at Luke Guthrie and his journey and a little bit better understanding of him. And I think you'll be a fan of Luke Guthrie, just like I am. So sitting back down here. My favorite people to work with. It's been a lot of fun watching him progress. It's been an exciting last few months. And the last time we caught up with him here, Luke Guthrie sitting in with me was at golf camp down in Florida, down in South Florida. When we got together in January and all of us worked and sat around the last night, had a couple glasses of wine and talked about his progression. And Luke, first of all, thanks for sitting down with me. And secondly, it's a little bit, you know, a lot of times we you sit down with a player and everybody talks about how it feels good and it's coming together and that doesn't always happen you know unfortunately in the teaching side but you were prophetic i mean and what we talked about i mean it didn't happen like right away that month but things have been building and you've been playing some really really nice golf over the last few months and have set yourself up for an opportunity to earn your way back to the PGA tour definitely thanks for having me again here it's always good to be on the podcast and uh yeah, it's been, I could feel things coming last time we talked, and then even last fall, when we talked about a time we worked in October, 
where we kind of started really keen in on something and things started happening better. We talked about my, just a feeling going through, through the ball and my wrist and how it used to feel. And all of a sudden, like, I could kind of feel the face a little better and control it. And that's kind of where it really started building, it felt like. And the mo- momentum was starting to build throughout this whole year. I was having to play Mondays. Where I was getting in events last second and didn't handle that the best. It's a tough situation to kind of get in on. I mean, I was second alternate in Savannah and got in last second at like 1 p.m. on <laughs> Thursday and just went and played. But I was still hitting a ton of good shots and shooting some good scores in the Mondays. Just needed them to be like two better. And the last month or month or two has been a lot of fun and been rewarding to see positive stuff happening. Just makes you want to work harder. Yeah, I think, you know, I want to go back to the thing you talked about, the club face. And and to me, that's a big deal for any player, but especially a really good player. Being able to have feel like, one, you know where the club face is, and two, to feel like you've got control over it and like you know which direction it's not going to go at least. I mean, you may miss it one direction, but you, you know you've got enough control that it's not going to go the opposite way is a big deal for somebody – doing what you're trying to do and and i think that was kind of the start like you said of getting over the hurdle and then then the other you know there's been some other good steps along the way i thought the work we did down at the bears club when you went down there for that monday and you played good didn't get in and it can be frustrating but you know i thought that was another big step along the way and then the time here in mobile which when Scott, Dr. Lynn came in and we did some work kind of on your lower body just to help you feel it all has been kind of steps along the way towards getting you back towards feeling some of the things that you used to feel when you played your best golf that maybe, you know, it was just hard to identify exactly that and get it back to it. Definitely. Like it was just, you got me to where I was, my body was working a lot better in the last like year, year and a half, but I don't call myself a field player and I need that one thing that like really I felt and felt the face and where last year felt like I just kind of swung down to the ball and I didn't know exactly where it was and it was, there were a lot of times it was great and then sometimes it wasn't where this year I kind of I'm way more confident I can aim down that left side of that fairway and rip through it with a driver doesn't mean I'm going to hit a great shot I might wipe it in the right rough or something but more times than not I'm hitting a good shot and I'm confident that even if I do pull it, it's not, I mean, it's not going to be a big pull. And just the confidence that it's been building in me through hitting multiple shots of just even, I almost gain more confidence out of my, my bad shots, how much better they've gotten than my good shots. Cause you can, anybody in the world can always hit a good shot. And not everybody in the world, their bad shots are okay and stuff. And my bad shots have been progressively getting better and better. And, even the last couple of weeks, I missed the last couple of cuts. It's more about just kind of being worn down and and stuff um, than my, I guess, sixth and seventh in a row. At the U.S. Open, I had a, I had a lot of good shots. I was, I was really close to playing some really good golf. I just kind of kept barely missing fairways, barely missing a green. It wasn't like I was way off. And those are the weeks that are so positive, like to go through that and miss a cut. But you're like, gosh, Darren, I was close to shooting a score there it wasn't like you're just lost and out there kind of flailing so yeah we've done a ton of good work um in mobile and um down the bears club lucas was there too and yeah it's just been it's been fun 
been a fun progression and like the process of things. Um, I feel like that's a cliche, but that's really how this game is. It's all a big process and you got to just start piling on top of things and building a good foundation to then hopefully win golf tournaments from. One other thing that I thought was real important was in the midst of all this, you know, and this was before you started getting in a bunch, you know, like it was, and it was when you went to the masters and we were, we were texting when you left there and you talked about like, and you were like, man, I, it was great for you to go. Remember you texted and he's like, cause I realized I've got to get back to making my short game world-class too. And, you know, I thought that was an important piece. Cause I think like sometimes working with you guys, you know, you get so caught up in trying to hit it better that sometimes you go out and you hit it good enough to shoot a better score than you do, but your short game isn't quite there. And I think you did that a few times last year, to be honest. There was a couple tournaments where, you know, you hit it good enough to shoot better, but your short game wasn't as good. And, and like, I think that was a big part for you to realize that, hey, your golf swing's coming along. Now you got to get the rest of your game where you need it so that you can so that you can get the results you want because you can't hit it perfect every day. No, the short game is your defense, and exactly, there's going to be days where golf's complicated. You're just going to be a little off, and it's okay. Those are the days you need to kind of just wipe off and go shoot like one or two under with your short game, get it up around a par five and get up and down and hang on kind of thing. And when you're hot, don't be scared to go shoot seven under. Kind of pro golf. But, um, yeah, I the mass first of all, the Masters is amazing. It's just fun to go. And my wife's <laughs> first time there, so she was all geeked out. I mean, it was my like fourth time, but I was still geeked out. But uh, do you ever not? Are you ever not geeked out going to Augusta National? I mean, you know, it's the most beautiful place. Like it really does feel like you're standing on like holy golf ground or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know, but um, when we entered the gates through the whatever gate it would be, but we came down by the range. And a ton of people there, and Tiger, and Justin Thomas, Spieth, and, and all these guys were out there. Fred Couples practicing on the short game area. And so we got up against a rope, and I sat there and just watched for probably 40 minutes just Tiger hitting pitches and just how tight like his short game was and just the different shots and working different heights. A really thing that stuck out to me in the past in my life, um, I played a college event down at Isleworth. And we were going to dinner, like the dinner before the tournament started. And Tiger was out on number nine practicing when we pulled in. So we all kind of like creeped on him a little bit and watched him practice. <laughs> and he was sitting in front of the green working on a short game, working different heights. Like you can see him working a ladder, like hitting a low one, medium, high, higher, and kind of keep doing that and flying at different distances, but ending it at the same spot. And he was doing that again at Augusta. And I was just kind of like, this hit me like, I need to start, instead of sitting there and working on like form and stuff like that, I need to start getting my mind out on my target and work on things like that and working on height and different shots and what it feels like and just getting my mind more out there and on a landing spot or however I want to do it. And um I didn't, when I got back from the Masters, I wore that out at TPC Sawgrass where I'm at and really did help it just kind of it really like almost matched my feel and like my eyes and i feel like what it is what that did it like 
when I first started doing it, I left everything short, I realized. Like, I thought I had to hit everything higher and stuff. So I started driving them in a little more, and it just started matching up my eyes and my feel. That's a big deal, you know, matching that up. And I think that uh, the only way, you know, as a teacher, I think sometimes we get where we're like, you know, we want to give you the answer. You know, it's like it's like it's a test question. But like to me, certain things and in, in helping coach you guys, there's just certain things that like once the mechanics are good, you've just got to go figure it out. You know, it's not like I can tell you what you got to do to fix your short game. Like you, you have good mechanics. You've got, you've been a great short game player. Sometimes it's just going out there and figuring it out and getting your feel back, learning to match shots up with what you see. And to your credit, you've done that. And I think one of the big transitions this year has been like, you have a really good understanding of the couple things you're trying to do. And you just kind of stick with that and, and realize that other parts of your game have to come along as well. And I think that's why, like, I mean, I don't think you've hit it perfect every round that you've, you know, all these, these several top tens you've had or top fives, but like you've made scores on days that you didn't. I, I can think of multiple rounds where, <laughs> especially in Kansas city, I think I finished sixth or something there. And then Sunday, Sunday, I was really struggling especially for the, through the first like 13 holes or so. Mm-hmm. And even my struggle though, it was consistently an overcut. and I just kept overcutting it in the right, right rough and the rough was high and it was a struggle, but there's something nice knowing that if anything, I'm going to overcut this. Right. You can still kind of, you can play. And then there's a ton of up and downs I got. And this kind of kept me in the tournament kept me like even par. And then a couple birdies late, and all of a sudden, you kind of salvaged around and salvaged the tournament kind of thing. Where in the past, I would uh, let that round float away and get to like a four over. But hey, you got to have back to college. Coach Small, my college coach, always said how short games your defense and long games your offense. And sometimes offense is struggling on a night, and you need that defense to win. Mm-hmm. So I always. Illinois golf kind of always prided itself on blue collar and good short games and just being tough. And I need to get back to that. And there's still plenty of room for improvement. And, uh, I need to get that short game better and better. And I know, uh, US Open champ Gary Woodland just talked a bunch about that and how much, uh, his short game has improved. And here he is and finishing top 10 and three of the last four majors and a win. I think really more than anybody I've been around, you talk a lot about Coach Small and the things you learned at Illinois. And first of all, it's to me, I, from coaching guys that played at Alabama and stuff, I've watched Illinois over the last decade. It's, it's so impressive what the group of you that have played at Illinois have done from a place that's, I mean, it's a cold weather place. I mean, not you don't think of that as being a golf mecca. Obviously, there's great golf courses around Chicago. But it's impressive. And so to me, the things that you learn there and you look at the track record of the guys coming out, it's impressive. What are some of the main things that like when you look back on like because you always you bring up things that coach small or things that you learned at Illinois. What are some of those top things that you took from playing there at Illinois? I just he's um, taught you how to put a score together um, as far as I say just the not short side and just kind of really opened your eyes to what like good solid golf was or is. And doesn't mean you got to fly it in the hole when you got, you know, a nine iron in your hand, a good solid shot, 10 feet to the strong side is 
is good. It doesn't mean that you're you're playing conservative. It's actually, I mean, you still he wants you to make it in the hole, but just make it on the proper side. Lip it in on the high side, <laughs> the low side. I mean, so it's actually when you play good, strong, strong side golf, like you're actually the player that has the most control out there. You, if you're able to aim ten feet right if the pin's on the left side and execute your shot and have a 10-footer straight up the hill and make birdie, I mean, people should be scared of you because you're not going to make bogeys and you're going to make a lot of birdies. Right. Do that kind of golf. But um, I would say more than anything in Illinois, it was a mindset and uh, the environment he creates. You just, there's not one day you're comfortable there. He just makes you be, by the time you're done there, you're comfortable being uncomfortable. And you're always in a competitive situation. Something's always on the line. So every day you come to practice or tee it up, he throws something on the line and you're always competing against your team. And it's such an environment where you're trying to kick each other's butts and you get better together, but you're always a team once you're done with the practice. And, uh, it's, it's a fun environment to be a part of. And you just kind of come out of college. I feel like just ready and, and such a good mindset to to attack and 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 basically everything that gets thrown at you you can handle for the most part. I think that being competitive all the time is so important. You know, even when you're practicing and you're playing. You know, I mean, heck, you remember when we played down at South Florida down there? I mean, Zach at Sucre and I almost got into a fist fight <laughs> in the parking lot trying to compete, really? and we're all buddies because, like, we all want to win, even though it was for like twelve dollars or something, right? But I think that that's like it's one thing I'm proud of with the group of our guys that we have is I think we all like we go out there and we love. I mean, you know, even at the U.S. Open, you and Lucas and Sep, we all play. You guys played together. Like, there's always competition going on. And everybody's trying to beat each other's ass. But at the same time, at the end, like everybody's really trying to help each other get better. And I think that's a, I mean, I think that's a cool thing to watch you professionals do that. I mean, it's not, doesn't seem as solitary out there when everybody works hard to beat each other's butt, but then still tries to help each other when they get done. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you want to beat everybody. I want to beat Lucas, but I want him to play his best and me to play my best. And, um, me to get first and him to get second. Like, and if I'm not in, I want him to win. Like, I mean, shoot, that's, that's how we all feel, I think. It's not like we root against anyone. We just want to play one stroke better. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun, that was a fun day. That was Tuesday practice round. Anytime just to get out there with Lucas and Seth and play with Brennan Todd as well. And just a fun day. And like, exactly like, I mean, I missed a birdie putt on the last hole from 15 feet to put a little heat on Brendan over a putt to have everything and I'm I'm mad I missed that I'm pissed but um I mean you're pissed for a few seconds and then you go back to kind of being part of the do sweeper team well so, um, it's, it's a fun stuff. it's a great group of guys and and you know one of the things that I like and I, you and I've talked about this and uh obviously Lucas is always generous with his time but one of the one of the times where like, you know, as a teacher, sometimes I think we get so caught up in like, like, I always feel like you're doing better, you know, <laughs> like I feel like things are getting better, but when somebody that's won out there and that's made a living out there for 18, 20 years and won a major says to you at the bears club and, and says, Luke's back hitting it good enough. He's going to be back out here on the big tour and he's going to win quote his shit's good enough to win out here. He's ready. Like that 
to me was like that was for me that was big i was like he wouldn't say that if you weren't and two like that gives you confidence you know i mean like hey you know what when somebody that's got stuff that's good enough to win out there says that i mean it validates what you're doing a little bit no doubt that's always good to good to hear that stuff and when i heard him say that obviously it makes you feel good but the one thing that i took away from that was going back to the short game thing it's like all right my ball striking is good enough because lucas i mean he doesn't miss many shots and if he's saying my ball striking is good enough to get a win then if i'm not winning i need to get better at my short game and just be tighter 150 and in and that kind of motivated me even more to just go go back home and work on that and when I get an off week at some point, I guarantee you that's a lot of my work's going to be on the short game and putting myself in uncomfortable situations and playing games against myself that I, I have to get something done and it might take a couple hours and I might have an eight footer to get it at the end of two hours and I guarantee you I'm going to be a little nervous over that eight footer and when I make it, it's going to be something I think of in a tournament when I have an eight footer win. I'm going to think of that putt, how I made it right in the heart stuff like that and that's kind of the stuff when I hear that those kind of stuff like Lucas said it just makes you want to really start focusing on the scoring skills side of things like I've been Raptor in for the last three years and like mechanics and just I hit a bad shot and I'm on the side of the tee swinging practicing a move and that's not me anymore this year which mm-hmm. is really fun I'm, I can put the club in the bag and just say I wasn't my best I probably got a little quick on my rhythm and let's go hit another shot let's go come on and um it's fun to play golf i'm fine with playing golf again i'm not out there practicing golf as we kind of move towards wrapping it up like you know everybody always wants to know like what you're working on and i think one of the things that we've tried to do over the last couple years is when we started you were obviously had like a lot of thoughts and like you said always rehearsing a swing and and to me one of the things that happened was because you know from where we started to where we are now like you change thoughts and feels constantly searching for the old feel and you kind of changed almost every bad shot really to be honest like it changed a lot very true i had different i would say <laughs> i would yell at myself after the round I'm just like, man, you ha- you played with like four different golf swings today. Like you just started, you completely switched gears on the fourth hole. Like you just threw that out the window and went to another one. But it was just, I mean, yeah, that's tough to play good golf doing that stuff. You know, and then I think over as as it's gotten better, and you and I get along fantastic. I mean, we joke around. But there's, t- you know, everybody always, you know, it's not always fun. I mean, we've had tense moments on a driving range where you've wanted to change direction or whatever. And I'm like, you know, Luke, I think this is like what we need to be doing. And, but to your credit though, we've, we've hung in there. And I think all we've, what I've tried to do is to take away all those swing thoughts that weren't productive. Once we figured out the feel, then just leave you with those couple things. And the fun thing now is like went from where I'd get 15 videos a week from you to like i've got to beg you to send me something each week because you feel good about what you're doing yeah i forgot to send one yesterday didn't i that's all right i'm not I'm a, yeah it rained though i'll give you cut you some slack <laughs> it rained hail we had like quarter size hail here it was freaky <laughs> wichita but, um yeah wichita big storms yeah it's been 
been a journey to kind of get back, and that's part of. It's not like I. The answer I wouldn't say last year was just to start thinking about rhythm and everything would have fallen into place. It would have probably been better than it was, but yeah, it's just kind of part of that process of trying to trying to find what really made it tick and put the club where I wanted to do. And then once that kind of started happening, I I probably searched a little for another month or something like that for the next little little thing to finally put the last nail in and really it's rhythm. And when my rhythm's on and I'm I have a tendency to get quick off the ball and, and pull the club back pretty quick and then that makes it hard to be have a nice smooth transition. I just kinda get thrown out of sequence a little bit. And if I watch that and keep that nice and smooth, more times than not it's gonna fall right into place and I'm gonna smoke that tee shot or clip that shot right off the turf from with seven iron, trap it and nice stuff and so a lot of my focus now is, is that and and we talk about a lot about the my right foot going back, I have a tendency to let my weight get to the outside. Which if you think of a linebacker, if he lets his if he's better to make a cut the other way and his weight goes to the outside of his foot, he ain't going mm-hmm. changing direction very nicely if he does that. So you always gotta keep it on the inside. And that helps me get in my left side a little better, which I have a tendency to kinda of spin out and arms run down the line then and stuff like that. But um, if I keep the weight on the inside of my right foot going on my backswing and keep it nice and smooth now, I can kind of just rip through the ball. Yep, way more aggressive. And the stuff that we did, you know, I thought it was important. Like, we try to not be very technical. I, you know, I think on the road, I, you know, you never see we use anything more than a phone to video something. But it was nice. It's been nice having you come here to Mobile to the Dome or – or wherever, like when we had, and get an opinion from like Scott Lynn, but like using the swing catalyst and kind of looking to see where your weight is and the pressure and different things to kind of help you understand it better. That's all part of the puzzle that helped helped you get where you are. And I think that, uh, yeah, I, I just think you're going to have so many great things coming ahead of you. It's going to be a fun year to watch. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully this is just, just beginning web season shoot. It's kind of wrapping. It's winding down. Past the... Yeah, we're past the halfway point. I think we're, well, we got to be finished by August, right? Right. I think so. A couple couple months. months. Hopefully hammer it out and hopefully right to the PJ Tour. That's the plan. And uh, here in Wichita this week, and I've played here now, it's probably my fourth time playing here. I played a junior tournament here way back in the day. So I got a little history here and I feel at home in the wind. So hopefully this will be a big week for me. I guarantee it. I know it's been a big stretch here as we as we wrap this up. And congratulations, you and Caitlin, expecting your first child. I know you put it out there on social media, so I don't feel bad saying this. But, you know, I know <laughs> yeah. we're ready to first get child. some little Vineyard Vines Dew Sweepers onesies sent to you in Jacksonville. I, uh, but, I can't wait to get those. <laughs> congratulations, though, on that. I mean, more than anything, because to see how I know how excited you are about that and and. Caitlin is actually the real saint having caddied last year. And so, but just awesome knowing you two. And it's been fun watching. And I mean, looking forward to more great things the rest of this year and appreciate all you do. Yeah, I appreciate it, Tony. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a new journey starting this November with a little one coming. Um, it's going to be a surprise. We're not going to find out. And boy or girl, going to be showing up. And uh, it's going to be gonna be super fun with Caitlin. And she's crushing it. Been feeling pretty good. And Gosh, she walks every event. It's up. amazing. Yeah, she hasn't taken. She has 
not taking one nine holes off, one hole off. So she's a trooper, always has been. And like you said, she caddied all last year. She caddied once this year, earlier in the year. And yeah, she's, she's planning on walking them all. It's supposed to be 97 here on Friday. So I keep telling her, like, watch yourself. Like, you don't have to come out there, but I look on the side and there she is. She's um, not going to leave. So the support I get from Caitlin is unreal. And I look forward to returning the favor here in, October, November, and December. You will. You will. And it's great stuff. It's funny how things time out. I mean, to me, things work out the way they're supposed to. I mean, it's funny how so many good things start happening at one time. Everything's turned around for that. And then you and Caitlin are expecting, and it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. And, uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon and spending more time with you this fall when the, you know, obviously the web season's hectic towards the end. So I'm, I know I'm coming out a time or two, but, uh, it's going to be fun to watch you get back to the PGA Tour, Luke. No doubt. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for sitting in. See you, Tony. Right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level make sure to subscribe and stay tuned if you want to learn more about tony head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to maybe you want to see him grab a lesson or go to one of his camps pick up his book lessons from the legends you can do that there if you want to see tony in action with some videos and other content head over to golfsciencelab.com slash tony to get more info there this episode was powered by the golf science lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the dew sweepers, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years and their belief and support of what we do here with the dew sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines, the folks at Vineyard Vines, love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com, or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dewsweeper.